What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Full Spectrum Universe, brought to you by RU Media, also brought to you by now the newest network to the group, which is Full Spectrum Network. Uh, just a couple of things before we get started. We have a very, very uh, group of special guests this evening. We have Heart City Paranormal with Philip, Sam, Sean, and Lisa. It's going to be an incredible show. Just to get you started off, what we've been doing behind the scenes for probably the last week or so is we've created Full Spectrum Network. Why? Because we decided that we were going to go in our own direction with a bunch of different shows. And just to give you a little quick lineup, we also have the this show, Full Spectrum Universe, will be airing there, as well as Full Spectrum News, as you can see here. Full Spectrum News is a show that is basically politics and headline news. If you are not into that, that is not the show for you. But we'll also be bringing you our classic show with me and Melinda Williams, Rescue Media Melinda, the seer and the scholar. The Seer and the Scholar touches both the spirit and the mind with facts and, and Melinda's ability to speak to the other side. So with that being said, let's get into the intro and we get to meet our guests. extraterrestrials on the moon. Three spies, a discernible shape. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Awesome. We are back. Hello, Philip, Lisa, Sam, and Sean. Everybody, this is Heart yeah. City Paranormal. Hey, everybody. It's absolutely Hello. amazing to have you guys on. I am Ultimately, I'm a fan of the work that you guys do, and I... You know, I just love to talk to people like yourselves, a nice group. You guys are very close-knitted to each other, and you do a lot of things on uh, EVPs, which is one of my favorite things. So for the people that don't know you, why don't you introduce yourself? I know everybody can find you at um, Paris um, Heart City Paranormal, the nonprofit organization page. But let them know everywhere that they can find you and who you guys are. Well, my name is uh, Phil Gibson. I am co-founder of uh, Heart City Paranormal. Uh, we're out of Elkhart, Indiana. Um, yeah, we've been a team for uh, a little over three and a half years now. Um, yeah, I've uh, I started, you know, enjoying the paranormal, you know, uh, with the movie Poltergeist back in the, you know, back in the day, and it eventually culminated with uh, watching Ghost Hunters and the original Ghost Hunters and uh, and even Ghost Adventures. That was a, was a big influence on uh, what uh, brought me not only into the interest in the paranormal, but also the, uh, the interest in investigating the paranormal. Um, but yeah, you can find me over at Heart City Paranormal. 
uh, the page and my uh, personal page, uh, just Phil Gibson. Uh, you'll see the Heart City Paranormal tag below. And uh, that's that's my uh, personal page. And you're more welcome to we'll, we'll communicate messenger. I'll communicate through messenger through, the, through my personal page and through the Heart City Paranormal page. So, Excellent, excellent. So, you know, let's let's start right at the beginning, too. And everybody can go into their own story. We'll do it one at a time. But let's get into that moment that you knew that the paranormal was something that you were going to explore and go further with, you know, just to start the conversation. That moment, everybody has this epiphanic moment, epiphanic, I hope it's a word, but <laughs> but that moment, you know, that epiphany that you're like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I've been meant to do. And I love this stuff. So everybody, one by one, you know, we'll start with uh, Sam and Sean down in the corner since Philip just spoke. And we'll go around and let everybody describe their moment. You know, everybody has that moment. Well, with me, my whole life, everywhere I lived was haunted. <laughs> so when that ghost adventure, a ghost hunter came out, I saw what they was doing. I fell in love with the show. And that's when me and Phil was talking to get a team together. And that's where all this started from. <laughs> Sam? Yeah, that's kind of like me. Uh, Ghost Hunters was, I watched that, you know, and just got hooked and wanted to go out and do it myself, so. Excellent, excellent. Lisa, how about you? Can Lisa hear us? Oh, you have to unmute your mic, Lisa. Muted. She might be frozen as well. Yeah, I don't know if she looks. She's kind of glitchy. It looks like. I I just unmuted. Oh, can't unmute because they've chosen to mute themselves. All right. Well, still, so, well, Philip, you go ahead, and we'll we'll come back to Lisa. Okay. Um. Yeah, like I said. Um. At the beginning, uh, my interest in the paranormal in general uh, started back in uh, say the early to mid '80s, uh, with the original Poltergeist movie. Uh, from watching that, it kind of sparked that interest in the paranormal as a, as an interest. And, um, you know, and it took a few years, you know, I, I was always interested in it. And, uh, and then eventually in the early two thousands, uh, when, uh, ghost, ghost hunters, the original ghost hunters, uh, you know, came to the sci-fi channel, I began watching them and it all started really now. Now the, like I said, Pol Poltergeist was the one that kind of brought the interest of the paranormal, the, the interest in, and the want to investigate the paranormal started, uh, watching, like I said, early Ghost Hunters, uh, and specifically one episode that really made me uh, really made me want to investigate the paranormal in general, and that was uh, the season two of the uh, Saint Augustine Lighthouse uh, episode on Ghost Hunters that really brought that enthusiasm, that excitement to want to get out and investigate the paranormal. And, um, and I'll tell you what, you know, even later on down the road after that, another big influence on me wanting to investigate the paranormals and, uh, and people, you know, have a lot to, of negative things to say about this man, but uh, Ghost Adventures um, and, you know, Zach Bagans and the Ghost Adventures crew, there was another big influence on me wanting to, you know, get out and investigate the paranormal. Um, and uh, it was... Uh, yeah, it was those two, those three things uh, came together and, uh, you know, it took a few years to get the ball rolling, like Sean said, 
when we created the uh, Heart City Paranormal Team. It took a few years after my initial uh, interest in investigating the paranormal to actually get the team together and uh, um, make what uh, Heart City Paranormal is today. We're uh, going on three, going on four years now and uh, going strong. So um, I can't I, I can't be more excited about the future of our team. No, that's an incredible thing too. And you know, I, one of the things that personally that I you know when. There's a lot of uh, politics, shall we say, within the paranormal field. We know that, you know, and one of the things that personally I I try not to uh, get myself caught up in that in the sense of, you know, who's who does this, who does that. I think that some semblance of unity just because of the fact that we are all trying to achieve somewhat of a different goal, but at the same time, the same goal is a is a it's a big deal. And a lot of, you know. It, it's it's always this, you know, who doesn't like this one, who doesn't like that one, but we all have common ground, you know, and that's something, especially right now in this country, we need to be able to establish those common ground points and move forward from there. So I, you know, I, I, it doesn't matter who influenced you to grow up it's, it, exactly. to do what you're doing. It's ultimately just as important as the next man, because what you learn from those people and then you take that with you to that next moment or that next spot or that next EVP or that next encounter, you know, it's, it's all to me, it's all exciting. And I think it's all relevant. It's all relevant. So, you know, one of the things that you said that three and a half years ago, tell us about the first time you guys actually got together and did your first investigation. What was that like? I know everybody goes through that, like a couple of those hiccups in the beginning, and it's always so much fun to talk about them because it's night and day from probably where you are now. You can go ahead, Sean. You can you can uh, you can get this one if you want to. <clears throat> but the first time we started, it was in a graveyard, and we had nowhere near the equipment we got now. <laughs> and we, were, I don't know, it was like a bunch of little rookies just walking around a graveyard. <laughs> it's always the greatest thing though. You know, it's like those innocent moments coming, you know, coming to the forefront, they teach you so much, especially on that first investigation. You kind of get this idea of what to do, what not to do. Did you guys get any kind of evidence or contact on your first investigation? I think we got a couple of EVPs, but every time we go to this graveyard, we always catch something. Oh yeah. Graceland, right? (laughs) Yeah. Man, what an active location. I, I've actually heard about that place too. It's a, you know, it, there's a lot of different places that are like that. That, you know, these encounters come in because of the other side. Now, what what is your understanding of, you know, what is exactly happening when you catch those EVPs? If you want to go into, because I know I I enjoy EVPs 100. percent And then after you, you know, once you get into what you think is actually happening when they're trying to convey that message, tell us about a message that you got that totally blew your mind. Um, let's see what I, th- I see. That's the thing, you know, are, are the EVPs that we're capturing, are they, are they coming from a remote location or, you know, that at a remote location where they can actually see us where we're at, or is it coming from, or, or actually are they there in the location with us? Um, that's the thing that I'm just kind of like blown away because the EVP, you know, some up, you know, obviously it's it most uh, content. It's a frequency thing. You know, some, you'll see some EVPs are less very, very loud. Some are very quiet. Some are, you know, some are clear. Some are um, uh, very uh, grainy and whispery. Um, but as 
the EVP to me is is in my opinion, other than you know catching a you know an apparition on camera uh, or something like that. But to me, an EVP is a very special uh, piece of evidence, and and overall, I think it's a it's probably one of the most uh, uh, well, obviously it's the most common piece of evidence. But to me, an EVP is very special because you know I know it sounds cliche, but they but they take the time and energy that they have, at least at least according to our understanding of, of what it you know the spirit world and EVPs, but they take that time to you know that that energy to talk to us to get their message out to us, and I and I feel that's very special, and that we should never take it for granted, no matter how good or how uh unclear that evp is i just feel like it's a very special uh gift that we should take never take for granted um but as far as an evp that i caught that just i mean that just blew my mind and i know what i know what sean what the one that sean's going to talk about um but one of the greatest evps i've that i've heard um and you know, with my own ears, it's, it's just amazing. And I'll, I'll just, I'll have to, I got, you know, numerous ones, but I'm gonna name one off the top of my head. Um, we were at the uh, Griffin Blind Tiger, and we were doing a Estes Method session, and we had a, uh, you know, Sean was sitting at the bar with his headphones on, and he had a recorder sitting down beside of him at the bar, and I was standing behind him doing the Estes Method session. And we had uh, our good friend Brandy Reader on Facebook Live, and she was telling telling us a story about, and I, I can't remember the complete details about the story. All I know is, um, one of the uh, she was a a, a a bartender at the at that at that bar at you know when it was open, and she was telling a story over Facebook Live. It was just me and Sean in the building. And uh, and she started telling a story about a a, a goat or a sheep that uh, one of her uh, one of her uh, regulars uh, purchased and named it after Brandy. Well, somehow, some way or another, um, it got back to her father, and her father misunderstood it and thought that Brandy was pregnant. And uh, and, and she walked, you know, Brandy walks up. Her dad walks walks up to Brandy and says, "You're pregnant. When are you going to go? When are you going to tell us about it?" And she's like, no, 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 no. Uh, so and so uh, bought a uh, a goat and named it Brandy and said it was that was our baby or something like that. So she was telling the story over over Facebook Live, and after she was done telling the story, I kind of recapped and said, all right, you know, okay, did you catch? Did you hear that story? What do you think about that? So we went home, looked through our evidence, and listened through our you know listened to all the uh, audio and stuff. And the recorder that Sean had on the uh, on the bar beside of him, after I asked the question, you know, what do you think about that that uh, that story? I'll tell you what this this voice you, you could hear vocal tone, you could hear accent, you could hear it's a male voice, you could hear everything. It said, "Ha ha!" Her father, her dad thought it was funny. It said, "Ha ha!" Her dad thought it was funny. And I'm just going, holy crap! I was like, man, it was clear as day. It's like, like me and you talking right now. Gave you so chills, immediately, I, I got a hold totally of Sean. Got I'm, it to you. Totally got to you. Like, oh boy. Like, that yeah, was that actually, I love those. And and this is where it all ties together. This is what's the amazing part. I, I got a hold of Sean. Told him about it, and I got a hold of Brandy. 
and she said, she, I let her listen to it. I sent it over to her, clipped it up a little bit because it was a little bit longer. That way I was able to send it through, uh, through, you know, through messenger. And she listened to it and she's like, Oh my gosh. Um, could I use this to share it with somebody? Because I know exactly who this is. So I said, okay, fine, cool. So she took the EVP clip and sent it over to one of her friends uh, whose father used to be a regular at the bar. And she said, I want you to listen to this clip. And I want you to tell me who this, who this sounds like. And she sent the clip over to her and she said she, as soon as she heard the voice, she broke down in tears. She's like, Oh my God, that's my dad. Oh, wow. And it was, and Brady said, that's exactly who I thought it was. And she said, it sounds exactly vocal tone, accent, just, just his, uh, you know, his, 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 his the, the deepness of his voice, just the way he talks, everything was a, a, a direct match enough to where, you know, her, his, you know, his daughter knew, um, knew who it was immediately. Like she busted down into here. She's like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. But um, I could go through numerous EVPs, but that, I just wanted to pick out one. Cause I think I know which one Sean's going to pick. And this is probably today. The, the one Sean's going to pick is probably the most credible piece of audio evidence. I think we've ever, and like the most, like the one we can't debunk. Um, but yeah, that's my, I'll let Sean go ahead. And, uh, awesome. awesome. Just, just before Sean, you just before you go, I just want to put this out there. Epiphanic is a word via Merriam-Webster's <laughs> Dictionary. Go ahead, Sean. All right. Are you talking about the one at the world's largest ghost hunt? Yes. We if, that's the one the, say, if that's the one you're going to say, yeah. Yeah. We was doing the world's uh, largest ghost hunt. Uh, what's the name of the jail? Uh, it's the old Kosciuszko County Jail in Warsaw, Indiana. We was doing that. We, there's a story behind a, about a woman named Annie that got killed there. So if you ever look it up, there's a whole story about Annie there. We was the woman we was with was asking questions when uh, how old was Annie when uh, her brother left. I heard a whisper in my ear since seven. So I stopped her. I said, how old was she anyway? Because I just got to a number of seven whisper in my ear. And she went crazy. Oh, my God, that's how old she was, seven. So nobody else heard it. And nobody else picked it up with the recorder, even though we were all in the same room. So I went back and listened to it. And you can hear clear as day the word seven. So I sent it to Phil. It was just crazy. How nobody else can hear it. I mean, it was loud. I heard yeah, it. Was that... Plus, yeah, I got someone... it on me. Plus, I'm I sorry. even proved it with her. <laughs> so, there are three ways that we can prove that I wasn't faking. I don't know anything about this. I didn't know how old she was or nothing. But they don't give that story out. All that we know is she was there and she got killed. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because uh, Marianne did all that research, or Evelyn and Marianne did all that research before the world's largest ghost hunt, just for the information that it was new, new information that we could use, and uh, just, just, just uh, knowing that it it was not captured on any device except the one Sean had, not on mine, not on Samantha's, not on Clarissa's, not on Marianne's or Evelyn's, um, but just that one 
the one recorder that Sean was having. He heard it with his own ears. So to, to us, it, was, it would have been an EVP to him as a disembodied voice because he heard it with his own ears. So, you know. That's wild. That's a wild that, thing, too. You know, and one of the oh, things yeah. that I always talk about when I do different shows about, like, the theory of what it is. And we're going to get into that a little bit later because I have the same question that I ask every paranormal investigator that comes through. And everybody has to answer it on their own, too. It's not like a group thing, but it's really cool. But, you know, we know that inside the body there is electromagnetic currents and energy. There's a soul, whether you believe in it or not. Your body produces some sort of uh, electronic field or a basically just energy. We'll classify it as outgoing energy, and it's internal. So we know by factual science that energy doesn't die. It doesn't go away. It transfers into something else. You can't destroy or kill energy. So when this you know entity makes its way to the other side, what it did is it maybe, you know, it, 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 what that was was that person transferring that little bit of energy that they have left into your device or into your ear where you can hear it, you know, that disembodied voice. And the fact that it was, you know, only to you means that maybe that, that connection had a – there was a connection made between your energy and that entity's energy, and that's why you were the only one to hear it at that frequency that it resonated at. And everybody else wasn't at that moment in that mindset or in that frequency range, and it came to you and was like, whoa, you know, that's, but that's a wild story. And I love stories like that because there are these similarities that happen at, at other places that certain people hear certain things and other people hear other things. But sometimes they're not, you know, they can't bear witness to each other. And it's it proves even beyond the shadow of a doubt that, you know, more and more of these instances are happening because of, you know, this transfer of energy. And, you know, I think that that's an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's truly a wild story, and that's awesome. So, you know, as we go on now, you know, we can get into this question that I have for everybody that we usually do. We'll do that right now so we can get it, get it done now. My question is, and it's a three-part question, right? So the, it starts with how do these – and this is, there is no wrong answers. It's all theory-based. There's no, there's no factual, factual answer that we can look to and say, okay, that's what it is. It's opinion, shall we say. So yeah. how do you think that these entities come back here? Why do they come back here? And what are they? You've heard me say it about the energy, so now I want your take on it. We can all do that one at a time. You go ahead, Sean. <laughs> I don't, truthfully speaking, I don't really know. <laughs> but we asked a question to a spirit with the spirit box one night. And it told us they can uh, they can come and go anytime they want. And and to them, to what I take from it is we're in a graveyard, but they don't think it is. It's, they said it was their house, their street, and everything else from the spirit box. So maybe they just don't, you know, don't know they passed away and they're still here. That's, That's what, what I'm thinking. Think, think about that too is, you know, some entities don't know that they've passed. They just think that they're walking around like everybody else, which, which, you know, that's a, that's a, there's got to be something to that as well. Like that aspect of it, why that's the case, whether it be a traumatic or a fast death. 
you know, that's something to also like definitely look into and research. I'm, I've been trying to do a little bit more research on that side with all the stuff going on right now with the network and things like that. So it's been difficult for me to do, but that's like my favorite thing to do is just find a subject, research it. And usually when I start researching something, it goes right on to the next thing. While I'm researching that, another question comes up. And a lot of these, you know, research, you know, a lot of the research I do always comes up with more questions and a lot less answers because it's all conjecture. You know, mm -hmm. it's all we have no exact answers. But go ahead. I'll, I'll let you go. Um, actually, you know, when it comes to like, you know, where are they coming from? Um, as you mentioned, it's just a just all opinion. Um, but I think. I think most pla I think you can find activity. Uh, in one way or another, in in probably any location that you seek it out. For instance, you know, I think investigators coming together and you know asking the questions and and taking and and putting the notice out there that we're trying to communicate with them. I think we turn in. I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I shouldn't say you know. I'm trying to speak in definites, but I think it's possible that we could be like beacons. To them, like a beacon, like oh, okay, hey, you know, there's, uh, you know, they might, they may not be, you know, like, like a location that that's never had any paranormal activity, but they see that somebody's communicating and they come down and say, okay, there's somebody trying to communicate. Here's our chance to talk. Here's our chance to get our voice out. Here's our chance to, you know, communicate with them. And I think we we could we could serve as a beacon to them. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna use one example real quick. Um, over Christmas. Over the Christmas holiday, I did a few, uh, and I think some people, you know, some people listening might have, um, you know, took a, took part of this experiment with me. I was using the SB11 Spirit Box, and um, I had a I had a Santa Claus shirt on. Granted, you know, the 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 the, the SB11 the, the Spirit Boxes are broken radios. Obviously, you know, they, they you know that you could get snippets of radio stations and stuff in those. Uh, in those in that static. So I'm sitting there and I said, Hey, you know what? Um, you know, I'm gonna ask you a question. What shirt am I wearing? What am I wearing right now? What's on the front of my shirt? And and Sean heard this. Two responses from a child, exact same child. You could tell by the voice. It said Santa. You know, I've never experienced any, and and and, and it goes beyond that. I said, Okay, I'm, I'm gonna tell the next story too because I don't wanna. Yeah, because you know it was Christmas time, obviously. So you know, there's a chance that you know I might have you know caught a snippet. Just so happens at that precise time when I asked that question, that Santa might have came across my my spirit box. Okay, so I did it again and got the same results. But then I talked with a friend of mine, Scott, Scott Carter. You know, he's on our page. He's an investigator out of Ohio, and um, he said we agreed. He said try something that's not Christmas related. Well, he first told me to try it in August. And see if I got the same response. I said, you know what? I'm going to do something better. I want instant results. I'm going to put another shirt on that's not paranormal, not Christmas related at all. And I'm going to try this again. So I brought, the, I put a shirt on and I, did, I didn't say it out loud who it was. I, the only thing I did was flash it up to the viewers on Facebook Live. And it was, uh, it was a shirt of Albert Einstein. So I went ahead and said, okay, if, if, you're, if you're here and you can see me, what shirt do I have on? Who's on the front of my shirt? And no, I saw the audio. It said Albert. Now, 
the odds of that, it could have been any, they could have said any name. They could have said anything, but it said Albert on the front of my shirt. And I didn't want to say who it was because I didn't want this. I didn't want the spirit to simply just hear me and speak it and repeat. I wanted him, I wanted the spirit to actually see my shirt and actually respond to what shirt I had on. So, and then all of a sudden, you know, that also I end up doing it again. And I was watching Frosty the Snowman on TV and I said, okay, what's on my TV? And it said Frosty. So, and this that blows my mind. Um, so I think we we could serve as beacons. Like I said, you know, while I've never had any kind of paranormal activity in my in my home, never. I've never experienced absolutely anything, not even a noise or anything. But I'm catching these voices, and I caught EVP, and I caught an EVP in my in my my spare bedroom testing out a camera before an investigation. But um, and I've never experienced anything, and there, you know, it could be paranormal activity here, but I've never seen it or heard it. But being me, that's you know sensitive to this stuff, and you know have, have been doing it. It looks like I would I would hear something or see something, but I think we say I think we could serve as beacons, you know, as you know, uh, you know, when we put ourselves out there to try to communicate. So I agree. I think a lot of what we do, it's the intent behind it. You know, you hear a lot of people when they go into different investigations, they try and like agitate things to see if you know they can get a response from it. But I think that that brings more, not danger or disaster, but it brings less of an ability to communicate properly. You know what I mean? And you see this a lot, like like a bull in a china shop. They want to go in. They want to poke. They want to prod. And from from experience, I believe that your intent manifests because these entities, not only they don't lose their humanity when they get to that side. They still have this ability to feel, maybe not like physically, but emotionally. And they still yeah. have their, their quirks about their personality. So you have to go in kind of like an open book and say like, hey, I'm here. You know, you want to talk to me? If you don't, I understand. You know, if, you know there's, a, there's definitely different ways to do it. I mean, some people, when they go in the bull in the china shop method, they get, you know, they get something too. Maybe it's not what they so much want as in a response to more of like a warning, like get out, like we don't want you here. But You know, it's, it's crazy because you see that there is still this emotion and I don't really know if that's the entity doing that or us like mentally attaching emotion to something that may not, you know, there's different ways to look at that. But, you know, that brings me to my kind of like my next question is, you know, along over the course of the last 15 years, Paranormal has become a lot more, I don't want to say mainstream, but a lot less fringe and a lot more communities coming together to try and answer questions or maybe put the dots together together. You know, have you seen a dramatic difference like I have over the last 15 years? And can you tell us a little bit about your feelings about that? Go ahead, Sean, if you want to, since I was... I was rambling on last, so if you want to take that one first. I think ever since Ghost Hunters came out on TV, it made a big impact where people want to ask you want to go out and do this. And uh, you can sit back now and tell just any kind of ghost group on the Internet, you will find somebody. So there are a lot more teams came out, came in the last 15 years, a lot came now. But I think it's all to do with all the ghost shows on TVs now where people want to go out and do it. 
I agree. Um, as like as, as Sean mentioned over the years, you know, you know, the, the, I, I agree with him with the whole uh, idea that the, the all the shows on TV has has kind of influenced people uh, to want to go out and investigate the paranormal, and, and you know, and and it's and, and a lot of, a lot of teams want to go out and do and imitate what these what these uh, groups on TV are doing. And sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes it's not so good. Um, our team, we, we, we tried to dabble with some of the uh, the newer uh, devices and the new fancy, you know, unproven uh, pseudoscientific devices. And uh, we've, we just don't feel comfortable really doing that. We, we, we tried to, like, get into that, that groove, but it just wasn't us. We're, we're more old school. I guess you could say I'd be happy just to walk into a location with a camera and a recorder, you know, and, and uh, just uh, do my thing. Um, I think people, I think groups now, they, one, I think they're, I think they're too large. I, I, I like smaller groups. I think we should, uh, you know, we were happy with a smaller group. I just, I just feel that trampling, you know, 15 people through a house, you're not, you're not going to get any evidence. I'm sorry. You, you're, there's too much contamination involved. And um, I just, I, I, for our personal likes, we like smaller groups. And well, um, I agree with that too, because a lot of those bigger groups become more of like a get together or like a party. And that truly, it kind of takes away from the whole purpose of you being there. And I mean, it's great to, to see people and to do all that, but to, to bring that many people along, like you said, there's just way too much, too many discrepancies to really get a full understanding of what you're dealing with or trying to, you know, it, it's so many cons as it is to pros, I would say. Exactly. I agree. Uh, and, you know, and it's just, I don't know, I, I, it's great to have your role models, but it's also great, and it's, and it's good to, like, take some ideas from those people, but I also think it's great to try to be creative in your approach without being creative on your approach without letting the equipment, um, how should I say this? Without letting the equipment, um, corrupt, corrupt, or even take away from the experience itself, the apparent, you know, the investigative experience itself. I, I, I think focusing on the equipment too much, you just, you're just losing, you know, you're just losing the experience. Um, I I just I just I would rather just sit and listen and soak up the environment instead of worry about twisting knobs and pushing buttons and and uh, you know doing this and that. Uh, I'm just I have I'm I'm old school. I like kind of tinkering with some devices, some of the new uh, popular paranormal devices. But I just I just I I'd be happy just walking into a location with a recorder and a, and a camera. In my spirit box, I you know I, I feel like a spirit box is you know the SB11 has become one of our staple uh, pieces of equipment since we've had such great results on it. While it's you know it has some scrutiny behind it because it is a broken radio, um, I just feel like the responses that we've got from the spirit box is beyond coincidence. Uh, there's been too way too many way too many like just intelligent responses and and uh, just you know, just stuff that nobody else would know except the people that were in the room. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, I, I just, I've seen a lot, I've seen explosional teams and 
a lot of uh, you know team, a bunch of teams coming out and you know doing their thing, which is cool. It's exciting. It's a fun field. Um, I just think people need to be. I think we just need to be careful that we do our best to be very strict with our own evidence and not just put something out there just to put it out there. Um, peer review is very peer peer review is very important. Uh, and and if you're not, and if you go put your stuff on Facebook or or social media, then if you don't be alarmed or butthurt if somebody scrutinizes it and puts it to the test. Be prepared. Be prepared. Be prepared. For... Exactly. 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 Well, we've got Lisa back with us. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi. I made it. Do you believe it? <laughs> You're I here. It. Better late than was... never. There's no such thing as coincidence, Lisa. You were meant to be here. You were meant to be here with us this evening. I want to ask you this question because we haven't heard from you yet, so I'm going to repurpose the question towards you. And it's Perfect. Over the last 15 years, we have seen a dramatic change within ghost hunting or investigation, shall we say. There, It went from more of a fringe topic to now more of a mainstream topic. And it's easier to find a lot of like-minded people in the groups and on Facebook and in other chats and things like that. What's your take on where it has gone or where it was to where it is now? Um, I think with my own experience is I was always intrigued by ghosts. I'd go to the library and get the books. Um, I'm 58 years old. So all the times when I was growing up and feeling the static electricity in different places that I would go and visit, whether it was a garage sale, aunts and uncles' homes. It wasn't until the ghost shows actually were on TV that you heard the investigators saying, I've got the goosebumps, I feel the static electricity. And that's when the light bulb went out off and I went, oh my gosh, that's what I've been feeling this whole time. So had you know, none of those ghost shows actually been televised. I probably to this day would not realize, you know, everything that I feel when I am, when I am in the presence of, of a spirit. So, um, did I answer your question? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I was making sure you didn't have anything else that you wanted to add to that. But I wanted, another question I wanted to ask you, Lisa, is we've asked everybody this, and this is a theory-based question. And I apologize to the audience for going back over that, but I think it's really important to for everybody to answer this question when they come on because it it gives people a uh, a semblance of like a similarity between all these different people, whether they're from what side of the country or what team they're on. The question is, Lisa, why do you think these entities come here? How do they come here, and what are they? Um, I'm a very faith-filled person. I grew up Catholic. I'm still Catholic. So we always believed in the Holy Spirit. And in doing the investigations, um, you know, since Bill has added me to the group, um, oh, I'm trying to think my train of thought. Um <laughs> Yeah, can you say that again? I'm sure, sorry. sure. What? How do these entities come here? Oh, okay. Why okay. are they here, and what are they? Be only because, like Phil was saying, with the equipment, to have asked a question and get a 
response to your question, I know that they are here. I believe that God gives souls the grace to go back, to continue to visit their families, their loved ones, continue on in in the afterlife, but with the life of their whole family, as well as being on the other side with all their loved ones, um, you know, that, that have passed on. And I think tragically, the souls that have left the earth before um, their, their time, I believe they're um, stuck, they're stuck where they were, not knowing or understanding what happened. Um, and I think that that's, I think there's the visitation of spirits that come as well as people that are just left behind because of a tragedy, uh, a tragic death. Excellent answer. And like I said, this, there's no wrong or right answers to this. It's all about theory. And I think that this connection to find out what it actually is and how it actually happens is what really brings us all together. It's just common ground. So even if you disagree with somebody wholeheartedly, finding those moments of common ground really they really help bring people together because right now we know in paranormal that there is a lot of ego there's a lot of people who don't don't like scrutiny and we should be scrutinizing ourselves like you said don't get butt hurt over it because evidence is difficult to decipher when you're not there as well so people making comments at the same time didn't get to live that moment with you so right. what they're speaking about doesn't have a hundred percent of the confirmation that you do. So it's sometimes mm-hmm. difficult for people to really, you know, to really, I don't know, I get, get the grasp of what's going on because they're not there. You know, they say that it, it, an impression left on somebody is truly one of the greatest things that you can have happen to you. And being in those situations and doing these investigations, there was an impression left on you by that entity that that other person does not or will not feel and does not have that same connection to that area. So another question I have for you guys is tell us your favorite place and your least favorite place. We'll let you go one at a time. Philip, you could start. My favorite place. Um, man, it's difficult because there's, there's been, there's a, there's two or three that I can name off the top of my head that, that I just absolutely love. Um, I love, I love the old Kosciuszko County Jail. Um, I think we've captured some of our best. We don't catch a lot of video evidence, uh, well, you know, but we catch a lot of audio. And I think the old and, and the experience and just the people around not not just not just the location, but the people that uh, you know the the people that host the investigations. You make you, you they're like another they're like a branch off your family tree. So I I kind of factor that into the equation as well, not just the experience of the location, but the old Kosciuszko County jail with Evelyn and Marianne, they're, they're like our best friends. Um, you know, well, Evelyn's passed on now, but Marianne is still like a, she's a dear, dear friend. Um, we love, yeah, we love her dearly. We're going to be going down there next month, um, for an investigation, a daytime into nighttime. Um, another location I really like, I got, I got to name three of them. I, Griffin Blind go ahead, Tiger. No, go ahead, man. This is all rant. This is rant ready radio. Well, let's yeah. get it going. The Griffin Blind Tiger. Uh, it's not only one of my favorite locations, but it's one of my most surprising locations because I didn't know what to expect. It hasn't been investigated that much. Um, 
some of our best evidence. Me and Sean have just had some, just some, and and, and Sam too, have had some amazing experiences on there. Um, you know, and we love Tammy and Pilla. Tammy and Brandy are awesome. Um, and I think it gets a, it's 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 it gets it's on my list of surprising locations because it's not been investigated much, but yet it's been some of the most yeah uh, active places that we've been to. Um, the Monroe House in Hartford City, Indiana, is another one. Um, an amazing location. Uh, it speaks for itself. If you've if you've watched TV, you know the Monroe House. Um, it's an amazing location. And then Eden Springs Park, Michigan, it's an awesome location. Debbie and Jeff at Eden Springs are just an amazing, just absolutely amazing people. Uh, they make us feel so wonderful. You know, just very. It's in a very active. It's a very active location as well. Um, those. Those are those locations are near and dear to my heart. As far as my worst location, I really don't. I, I don't have a. I think I think probably the worst location I would say is probably a cemetery I went to uh, in Goshen, Indiana. Um, not Jackson Cemetery, but the other one that I can't remember the name, but it was just because we didn't catch any evidence. So I guess that's. I guess that's the. Uh, I don't really have a location that, that I dislike. Um, I've had my quirks about a couple, but I don't. I never dislike them. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my answer. I don't really. I do, really don't have a location that I actually dislike. So it's it's all been great. Excellent, excellent, Lisa. How about you? Um, I mean this this isn't having to do with the group. Um, but I was lucky enough to go to Nevada last um, fall, and we um, went to Tonopah, which is where the Mizpah Hotel is. Um, Ghost Adventures had um, investigated this place. I was lucky enough to sleep in room 502, which was the lady in Brett's room. Um, we left for dinner and left, I left my recorder. My husband left his laptop up. We recorded for an hour and a half. Um, the evidence that we heard, we heard the bed squeaking. We heard get running. We heard high heel shoes walking on a wooden floor. We heard cowboy boots walking on a wooden floor. The hotel is totally carpeted. And... I believe uh, uh, either that it was another spirit. When I was outside the room, I asked who the lady in red was. I felt so sad that she didn't have a name and to this day still doesn't have a name. And I got the name Sarah. So I think the lady in red is actually Sarah. I think she, that's who she is. Very sad. Very, very sad. Um, on, on, on the fifth floor there. Um, I really, I don't, I don't have a, a, a place that I, I, um, is not my favorite. Eden Springs, um, the last time I was there, I actually had a spirit. We were down in the jail, come from behind me. I felt the electricity and he actually pulled my jacket, like pulled it down and then let go. Um, about a half hour later, we were warming, warming ourselves by the fire. Well, that gentleman actually did the same thing with my coat. Wow. Um, and so Eden Springs it is an amazing place. I think the history um, is an amazing place just for anybody just to go camp there. Um, but I guess that's I guess that's it. Let's have Sean and, and uh, Sam give their 
Yeah, let's have them answer separately because we haven't heard from uh, Sam too much. So, Sam, you want to go first and tell us here? Yeah. Uh, my favorite one, I believe, well, I got a couple too, is um, Eden Springs and the old Kosciuszko Dream. Got to be my two favorites. Awesome. Awesome. And, I think yeah, I really little, have uh, a, at least I, one. So. <laughs> Awesome. I'm sorry. I sorry. I apologize for interrupting. I think somebody has a little bit of feedback if they could just turn their sound down a little bit. I think we're getting a little bit of cut back through the mic. But go ahead, Sam. I apologize. Oh, no. No, I really don't have a um, one I dislike at all. So, I mean, that was really all I had to put in there. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Sean, your turn. I have to say the Moreau House. I've been scratched there a couple times and we always catch good EVPs and oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's just crazy stuff that uh, Phil got a what 15 minutes worth of evidence in the kitchen, yeah, yeah. It was pretty, pretty intense. Uh, and it's always when somebody's not in there. Um, and it's it sounds like a conver- it sounds like you, you could tell it's a two way conversation, and it's happened twice. You could tell it's a two way conversation, but you only hear one side of the conversation. It's strange. Hmm. Um, yeah, like 15 minutes of audio back and forth, just a conversation in the kitchen. The kitchen is, in my opinion, the kitchen is the, uh, there we go. We're back. Hey, We're back. I thought you disappeared. There you go. Nope. Nope. We just, sometimes it happens. I don't know what it is with the, uh, hopefully we're moving out of this apartment soon, but I think it's something to do with my apartment. Every time I do some kind of live show, it just glitches like that. Everybody goes away for a minute, so I just sit back, wait for it, you know, wait for it to come back. But I apologize. It's paranormal. Go ahead. It's, it's paranormal. Could be a phenomenon. Very well, could be. No, but but yeah, um, the recorder. Yeah, it's just you know you can tell it's a, it, it's the kitchen. The kitchen, in my opinion, is the heart of the house. At least for our my from our experience there. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's some of the most bizarre audio that we've ever kept, like bizarre, like literally like bizarre pieces of audio that we've ever captured at that at, at any location. Um, and yeah, knowing me, I slept in the kitchen that night. So it was a good, it was actually for the, for the two, for the two hours I slept, it was actually pretty peaceful. I didn't, I wasn't drugged. I wasn't dragged down the hallway. I wasn't, any, nothing was playing with my feet. Nothing was kicking me out of bed. And <clears throat> so I had my back. I had my back toward the. Uh, I had my head toward the uh, the hallway that goes into the blue room. You know that goes back into the living rooms and stuff. But so I was kind of. It. It was an interesting night. Um, I didn't have. I, I never felt threatened at the Monroe House. You know, it, it's it gets this perception as being a demon house, which. Um, all I know is it's very, very, very active. The whole house is active. Like every room has activity. Um. You know, and uh, but that kitchen, man, it's just been it's been a hot spot for us at the Monroe House. That's that's crazy, too. And, you know, one thing I want to tell I like to say this on a lot of shows, too, is that everybody or not everybody, but a lot of people love to say energies, demons. I honestly think that, you know, for something to be that dark. I don't think we encounter demons or dark energies as much as we would like to think. 
I think it has more to do with maybe an agitated spirit or maybe you're the cause of it, as in going in and they don't want anybody in there. So, you know, that, that whole demon thing, I think, gets played out a lot. But let's take this question a step further. If there was anywhere in the world that you could investigate, doesn't have to be paranormal either, it could be anything, what would it be? We'll go reverse this time. Let's do Sean and then Sam and then Lisa and then Phil. Yeah. So I have no idea. Um, <laughs> it's a tough question if you're not ready for it. But yeah, exactly. Um, wow. I don't know. <laughs> we can always go back to you, Sam. Sean, how about okay. you? Yeah. Think about it, Sam. Okay. What's, the, <laughs> what's the name of the, the jail down in the West Virginia, Phil? Oh, Moundsville? Yeah. West Virginia That's State Penitentiary. Yeah. I would love to go there. Awesome. How about you, Lisa? I just can't wait to go to the, the Monroe house. Me too. I can't wait yeah. to go back. Yeah. April. Awesome. Awesome. Is that the same answer for you, Phil? What's your answer? Your answer is no. I, like we've already investigated Monroe House. I love the place. Uh, if I could pick, I got three, but the one that's at the top of my list. Tell us is, all three, uh, man. Tell us okay, all tell us, three. Okay, I'll go in order. My top, my most, my the one that I want to go more than anything is uh, Vlad's Castle in Romania. Um, mm. That would be the one I would love to go to more than any any place in the world is Vlad's Castle. Uh, number two would probably be um, uh, Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, being that um, me, you know, Sean and I are, are West Virginia natives, so we, we were born there. Um, so it's it's kind of a you know they call it Tala, which is a place I would love to go. And the third one, which is I, I and the old, and the reason why I picked this third one for is because um, it it's very sentimental to you know to me as a, an investigator. It's the um, the St. Augustine Lighthouse and in uh, St. Augustine, Florida. Um, it's what put me on the path that I'm am today. So, I, it's it's something that's very dear to me. That there's, those are the three. But the top one, without a doubt, Vlad's Castle in Romania. I would, yes, absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. I would love to do Vlad's Castle too. My favorite place would be the Suicide Forest. Oh yeah. That's one of the places that I really, really just want to get out there and investigate. Second, and it's going to sound wild, but because not, I don't really believe anybody has gone out there for paranormal activity, is Oak Island. I believe oh, that. They've wow. done so many different things with Oak Island, but they have not investigated Very good choice. It. paranormal. <laughs> so I think that there's something to be found there. And also with the, they say that there's, you know, seven people have died. They need seven to die to uncover the treasure. Why not try and talk to those people, those other six, to see how far they've gotten and where they've gotten. I also think that the History Channel is ha- going to be concluding Oak Island this year, which is where I oh. got the idea. I think they found something. I don't know. Oh, really? It's wait okay. to be seen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tune into that. I don't know anybody else, but I think that Oak Debbie Island Debbie Lowe. An amazing yeah, Debbie Debbie from Eden Springs, our our good friend from Eden Springs Park. Debbie, she loves Oak Island. She watches that thing religiously. That so show. So my husband and I, we do too. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, that's why I think it's a little bit different. You know, I don't think that they've done this. They've done mapping. They've done. Uh, I, I like metal detecting too, so I'd love to do that there as well. But that guy that they have there is like one of the most world-renowned metal detectors. So if they're not finding it with him, I'm not going to find anything. But <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that there's a lot to be had there. Another question I have for you guys, and you know, this doesn't have to be paranormal either. What is what's another subject that might be a little bit fringish? that you like to either research, study, or want to investigate as well? Whoever wants to go first. I think, I think, I think my other love uh, is UFOs, uh, the, the, the ufology, the UFO phenomena. Um, that's probably my other, besides the paranormal, it's, it's definitely um, – UFOs and you know alien, you know uh, the topic of aliens, you know life on other planets, uh, the universe, science. I love all that stuff. I do as well. I do as well. Yeah. But how about you, Lisa? Um, probably angels. Excellent choice. I like I, that. As I well. think I think they're here to guide um, people through their path, and um. I know we all have a guardian angel and I guess nobody really, you know, gets books and reads on about angels. So that's, that would be my interest. Awesome. Sam and Sean, how about you two? I'm glad to agree with Phil <laughs> because you don't know what's out there. So well, people say they said people we're the only one here. So I, I don't believe that. So If you think about it, statistics, it would be possible that we are the only actually here, statistically, because with all of the, I've done a lot of, that's where I started, was actually UFOs and researching. Now I do everything from, you know, there's conspiracy, which is not just conspiracy theory, it's conspiracy as well. I do a lot of research, and I'm a historian, so history has always been my thing. But UFOs is where I got started, especially in podcasting, too. And it's it, there's so many different things. Now, let me ask you this question. With the, with the UFOs and with cryptids and paranormal, do you believe that there's any connection between all of them? Is there some kind of greater uh, construct here, as in, like, the ley lines or, you know, something of like that? Do you think that they coincide with each other? Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um... Possibly. I mean, you it's think of the crop, the crop circles. There's no explanation for any of that to happen other than. I don't know. That's a very yeah, crop circles are very interesting. Yeah, that's a very yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, I think there's some connection with that, but. Um, yeah, it's actually crazy, too, because I've, I've done a lot of research on crop circles and they actually have. They, they, they figured out these two gentlemen, I believe it was in England, in the fields. I think that's where they're from, if I remember correctly. I'm digging real deep into my brain right now, so the facts aren't coming as fast as I'd like them to. But they <laughs> were actually the ones that, like, were responsible for about 60 to 70 out of, like, 120. It was the most outrageous thing. They had the craziest tools with, like, two-by-fours on string and all different types of stuff. But there was a few that they looked at geometrically and geometrically they were impossible for these gentlemen to do it without actually 
spraying anything around the area. There was no paths for them to walk. There's no way that by dragging all of the equipment that they, they would have needed specific equipment to do this specific one because it would literally had like a geometric 3D shape where there was like light and shadow. And if you couldn't see it from the sky, there was mm-hmm. no way you would have been able to do it. So personally, that question posed to me, I believe that there are there's like I talked about before with with the soul. There's a lot of electromagnetic fields that that are around the earth. There's some that are even around us. And with the ley lines, the ley lines are an area where I believe portals can open because of the energy that's either going in or out, extracting or positioning. I believe that a lot of cryptid experiences happen on those ley lines and UFO sightings. And I've done a little bit of research into it because this area is where maybe two of those electrical fields meet. So the friction between it is causing extra energy on top of whatever energy might be there originally from gravity or electricity or, you know, the earth itself. Because And it also has something to do with frequency. I know frequency plays a big part in all of those topics. So I don't know if it's – it's like psychics, right, just to go completely over the gambit. I believe that psychics can see – Different spec, different ocular fields because they're able to change their frequency, which gives them the ability to look at the other side and communicate with the other side because they're able to manipulate it on the inside. Mm. Which, when you raise your frequency, things that weren't there for you ultimately become visible once that's said. So, what's your guys' take on psychics? Do you are any of you uh, psychically in tuned? Do you guys work with any psychics? Um. Uh. I mean, I'm a spirit sensitive. I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that I'm a psychic. Um, I will tell you today when I was at work, there was a gentleman who had passed away in a granary. Um, He had fallen when they were grinding all the corn. And Mm. every time this customer comes in, um, I feel her husband. I mean, I, I show her my arms. I, I tell her the electricity. It's such a loving protection that he shrouds her that every time she comes in, I even showed the employees my arms. Like, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I went to a psychic one time and she was just so wrong. I think there's a lot of them out there that are giving everybody else a bad name. I think there's some that really have the abilities to do that and there's other ones that are just doing it um you know to profit from it and i think that's sad because the ones that really do have abilities should be the ones out there doing the work and not um you know i agree 100 there is a ton of fraudulent people who are either psychologically trained or you know they just try and use whatever they can to make a quick buck and, you know, I actually have on the Seer and the Scholar, uh, Rescue Medium Melinda is a woman who is a psychic medium. And she's actually used her ability to help the police and help people, you know. And I think that there's an aspect of being able to give back with that ability. And I truly, there is people out there, like you said, that have it. But there's also those fraudulent people. So if you're, if anybody's contacting psychics or needs a reading from a psychic, I would tell them to be skeptical 
right up until the point till they blow your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. At yeah. any given time point, I think yeah. there are, and it's you're right, Lisa. It's it's terrible that you know people who have this gifts from God would, you know, other people would try and use that manipulation to, you know, make money and and steer people in a wrong direction. I think that that's more devious than a lot of almost anything else. You know, I think there's such a, a sadness to that too. And, and it, I think the main reason of what we do is also one of the facets is to help people just like investigating and you do a residential or, you know, a psychic trying to help somebody on the right path or like donating mm-hmm. to charities or anything like that. Like you're ultimately trying to help people. And I believe in, in the law of one, which is whatever you put out, you get back. So those skeptical, you know, those people who were skeptical about that may not be quite, psychic but they play that they are they play one on tv like miss cleo you know <laughs> basically that they'll whatever they're putting out will eventually come back to them i truly I agree that in my heart i i'm i am i am i'm in agreement with all of you i think uh i think the the, the gift is real i think it, i think it's 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 definitely it can be real uh but i think there's a lot of fraudulent people there's a lot of fraudulent there's a lot of fraud going on in, in that regards as well. Um, I think there's a lot of people that claim to be psychics that aren't, that don't seem to be because they get, I mean, you're at least going to get one thing right occasionally, but I've been around some people that tried to read me and everything was wrong. Absolutely everything. And I'm just, I, and it took all I could not to uh, tell them you're fake, you're a fraud. You'd have no idea what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Um, but I, I think, I think the gift is real. I mean, I've seen a few people I've seen, you know, clairvoyance, that have been just like my girl, my girlfriend, uh, they used to see a clairvoyant out in New Mexico and she's very skeptical. And it, she said, this lady was spot on every time they went to see her. And so, I mean, I've never been read by a psychic. Uh, well, besides the one that was completely wrong, but, um, but yeah, um, or at least she claimed to be a psychic. But yeah, I think the gift is real. I think there's just a lot of fraudulent, uh, a lot of shenanigans going on out there. Um, because you can ask broad questions and people will be like, oh yeah, you know, they, they try to be very broad about it and it, it could cover any gamut of any question. So um, yeah, um, yeah, I think I I'm agreeing with, with, I think I'm in agreement with, with both you. of you and you and Lisa. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that's crazy too is that you know, some psychics, when they ask for specific questions, like they can kind of gauge your answer, right? Like, like mm-hmm. I, I would, when I first met my, my partner, Melinda, she's also on my team, too. We were on Enchanted Visions Paranormal. But, okay. you know, when, when I met her, I saw her doing a live. And she didn't know me from a hole in the wall. Pulled a card for me. And when I tell you, like, dead spot on, like, dead spot on. Didn't tell her anything. Didn't say anything to her. And she proceeded to read me. Like seven to nine, like well, maybe nine times after that, and when it's like so spot on like that, you're like, this has to be real, you know. But then, like I said, you know, I've had other people read me too. It's like it's just, it's incredible what she does compared to what those people, you know, you know, she's going to come on the show too. She's the woman I do the seer and the scholar with, so okay. you know, we we have an amazing show. But you know, I think it's it's like I said, it's a sad thing. But not to get too wrapped up in the psychic side of it. What is your favorite piece of equipment out in the field, and what's your least favorite? 
I like knowing the gambit, you know, the the, the, the good side and the I need the start. EVP recorder. That's my that's my favorite. I gotta agree with Lisa, the recorder. My least favorite any kind of app you can download for free. Yes, exactly. I don't believe in them. But that's just in my opinion. But I think the best thing you can take out with, with you is a recorder. I agree with there that. we are. Did it again. Did it again. That's all right. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> Go ahead. If I fade in, just keep talking. I'll be back in a moment. It's just <laughs> over here. I don't know what the hell's going on. But... I agree with a recorder also. That'd probably be the best one. I think... I think mine is definitely the the audio recorder. Um, I'm a big advocate of EVPs. I think it's my favorite piece of uh, evidence. Um, outside of you know catching a full-bodied apparition on camera, uh, I think the EVP is very special. And so I love my I love my digital recorder. Like I said, I could I could conduct an entire investigation with a with a recorder. Um, and also my spear box. My spear box is a um, is a very uh, is a piece of equipment that I've grown to trust over the years. Um, my least favorite, definitely phone apps. Anything, any app, I, I just, I'm just not, a, I just can't, I can't buy it. I just don't, I don't like it. I do not like apps, um, phone apps. I just can't buy into it. How do you trust can't. a phone app? You just, it's, you can't. Well, you can't, to me, here, 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing. A phone ahead, app, go I got ahead. this one, it's, it's, it's like, uh, to me, there's this one phone app, and, and this is the best comparison that I can say of a phone app. It's like the nickel box. It's like the nickel back of phone apps. Uh, I just don't. It's just I. You either love it or you hate them, and uh, that's the way I look at it. It's the nickel back of phone apps. Uh, I cannot great, think. I, great I cannot metaphor. think. Yeah, I great can't metaphor. think of the name of that app, but it's like if it was a like Sean, like Sean said, if 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 that if those apps are real, I have I have two hundred ghosts in my house. And it's like I know I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I just yeah. anything with anything with word banks um, built into them. I have a hard time uh, finding any kind of credibility in them. Um, I used to I, we used to try to work with the Ovulus, and I kind of grew away from that as well because of what some people that we know, uh, Porter from uh, uh, the Wraith Chasers. Uh, told us a little trick with the uh, the ovulus that makes them trigger a lot easier. Um, but anything with anything anything with a word bank, I'm very I, I'm skeptical on. Well, it's making the, assumptions about what the word might be at that moment, and you know. What but then he, you, spit, then he spit, then he spit out twenty words that's irrelevant, and you're right. like, okay, okay. Then all of a sudden it spits out one, you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, there it is. <laughs> What about the other 20 words that's irrelevant to the conversation? I just, I don't, I just don't like it. I just can't buy into it. I agree with that because, you know, it's almost like it's, it's, it's adjudicating what words should be out there as opposed to, you know, and that's some of the elements that, that are, that really hurts what we're trying to do. And, and the message that we're trying to get out is when things are assumed, right? You know, mm -hmm. there's a saying that says, you know, when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. 
Like, mm-hmm. and that's what I feel like these apps are really doing that because they're assuming what something should be. And it's like you said, but that word bank, all it has mm-hmm. to do is catch just a, a, a saying, like a, a syllable. And all of a sudden the word comes up. What if that word is wrong? And now the entity that you're in front of that might really be there is turned off to you and now becomes aggressive or bad. It could turn something nice <laughs> into about a that. dangerous yeah. situation because oh, you're wow. misreading what's really going on. And now you're not in a safe space like you were five minutes before. That's right. a good point. I That's never thought about that. Thing. Sorry, sorry. I, I got a little revved up on that one but you know um, so now that now that we've gone into this when you guys meet somebody for the first time and they're an investigator what's the one story that you tell them and i'll let each of you tell that story you know the one story that you is like your trademark story that comes out when you're speaking to somebody who's in similar interests to you and it could be any story it doesn't have to be paranormal but what's like the the common ground that you find with people when you first meet them Mm, with me uh, lately, um, I would say it has to be paranormal. Um, I think that's a. I think it's a very. I think the paranormal is a very good conversation piece, especially now compared to what it used to be. It used to be like you said, it was very very fringy. Now it's more mainstream. But um, but yeah, the paranormal is is a very good talking point for me right now. Sports, obviously. Um, Paranormal sports. Um, when you talk to those people about the paranormal, what's the what's the first story that you'll tell them from an investigation? Uh, Sean's experience. Sean's Sean's experience at the old Kosciuszko County Jail um, was probably one that I always that I always go back to. Uh, the Monroe House, the uh, the audio recorders at the Monroe House on the on the uh, on the counter, and and also the. Um, it would be a, uh, yeah, th- those two, and, and and then and then the whole uh, the EVP from the uh, SS method session uh, down at the uh, um, down at the Griffin Blind Tiger. Uh, those I usually start with those conversations, or that's usually the converse, conversation starter with when it comes to the paranormal. Max is, is mainly the the main one is Sean's experience. I think that right there is the most credible piece of audio evidence not you know not only did we did sean hear it with his own ears he verified it through the lady who did the research that verified that it was her uh, that that was actually her age and then we caught it on audio as well so i i go with my the best the most credible piece of evidence that we've captured as far as audio and that's the one i always refer back to awesome how about you lisa and I think it's it is too. I think it's the intelligent responses that um, that I would get, and really, it seems like if you bring it up, they either don't believe you or they do believe you. It's almost like there's no medium. Sometimes um, they either want to hear what you have to say, or they're like, "I don't believe you," and and don't say anything. But I think a lot of it is I just say things about the intelligent responses. Like, how can I ask a question and get the answer? It's because they're, they're talking, they're answering intelligently back. Um, and just in giving some, um, you know, different examples, I think it just gives credibility to 
to the spirits out there that they're out there to talk to us. You know, they just want somebody to listen sometimes, you know, and I think that's the tool that we use is we can actually, you know, let them be a voice, you know, if they can't be, you know, and on the other side, we can be the voice for them, you know, hear their sadness. Um, the voice to the voice was, I like that. I like that. Me a too. Lot. I love yeah. it. How about and it's, you, and it's the oh, different sorry, voices, too. It's the children voices, the male yes. voices, the women. You know, it's. Um, I agree with kind that. Of, 100%. That's kind of neat, too, I think. I agree with that 100%. I think that that's very vital to give them that voice, because if we're not going to do it, who would? You know what I mean? I agree. They, they would be lost in the wind, in a sense, you know, or dust in the wind, as we quote a famous song. And who, and who, and who knows what that does to And who knows what that does for them? You know, how do we know? We, we have no idea what that may do for their, you know, um, whatever, their psyche or 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 their or their opportunity to let the you know, that that they're remembered, you know, that we actually remember them. It, 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 we all like you said, we all have we take some of those feelings and some of those characteristics to the other side, which I totally agree with. So what if you were sitting around and you were trying to talk to somebody and they're they're just ignoring you? They're just like blowing you off and ignoring you. You're like. You either go get mad, you get sad, or something. But something's going to happen. You're going to have a reaction. But and, and it's sad though because an EVP usually we don't hear it until we get home, right? And that's that's just, unless you're doing you know burst sessions, you know, and you're going through every twenty seconds and listening to the to the EVP. Um, that's that's one thing I like about if the spirit box is is as legit as we believe that we've had experiences with. I think the spirit box is a great thing when it comes to real time communication. EVP is always my favorite, but th that's the bad thing about it is you usually don't hear those EVP voices until you get home. And by the time it's, it's too late, you know, and um, I think I will do more burst sessions in the future and, you know, record a short, you know, short 15, 20 second burst and then go back and listen to it. Um, because it, that, that does weigh on my mind a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. They're talking to you, but we can't hear them. Right, and right, it, and it, right. it kind of. Uh, sorry about that, Sean. I didn't mean to. Jumping your spot. Yeah. We interject. We we talk over each other. It's just how it works. It's a, and I love conversations <laughs> like this too because we're getting deep. You know, we're getting mm -hmm. into it. What it, what it really means to do, what we do, and I think that that's amazing. So Sam and Sean, go ahead. I might agree with Phil, but the seven, but. I like the one that got me events on a spirit box. We was up in South Bend in a graveyard, and uh, Phil was talking to somebody on the spirit box. Phil asking his name, it came. You hear Jane. So I'm walking around. And I sh I got a light. And I shine on a tombstone. I told Phil, I said, ask him his last name, and. Uh, Clear as day, you hear James Scott. I said, Phil, come here. Look at this. On a tombstone right in front of me where I was at, said James Scott. <laughs> so that made me believe. That made me believe in the spirit, in the spirit box. That sold so me we as went, well. We went there looking for his brother, George Scott. We didn't even know anything about him. But that, that, That's awesome. That's a, that is a great story, too. I mean, that's just... To me, it gave me chills when you were talking about it because I've never had anything, any experience like that. But 
I, I believe that if I was in that same situation, I would have just sort of like blown my mind. Like the smoke would have came out of my ears because my brain would have been kicking in overtime and thinking, what the hell's going on? You know, what's happening right now? So one question I have for you guys, too, is when you're going into a place, do you like to look at the history or do you not like to look at the history and just go in blind? Everybody's different with this. Me, myself, I love the history of it. Myself, I like to go blind. I don't want to know anything mm -hmm. about it because you can, I think you can put words in your mind where you think you're hearing where it's not. But me, I like going in completely not knowing anything about it. That way, if we do catch something, we can uh, prove there's something there that says making stuff up because we already know everything about it. But that's my opinion. I, I like the history myself. I mean, like to know a little bit about it, you know, before I go in and try to investigate about it. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't, oh, I, ahead, I don't want to know ahead. anything. Yeah. No, just, just to all, right? just to pick on pick up on everything once we arrive. Um, I don't like. I, 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 maybe a little bit of history, but I prefer to go in a little dark, uh, unknown, and that's and that's why I like obscure, unknown locations because there's not a lot of history being tossed around out in the world about it, and you know a lot of people like going to these monster, you know, like you know Waverly Hills, and I would love to go to Waverly Hills. I just don't want to pay thousand dollars for you know for our crew to go, I, and I don't want to go tromp in there with twenty people either. Um, but it's a big place, I guess it wouldn't matter because you could just split 20 people up, you never know what you know. But, um, I like I, that's what I like about the small locations, um, uh, that these obscure locations that you really don't know a lot of history on. Um, you could come out and kind of start the you know, you could come out and, and get your own experience without anything manipulating, um the experiences other people have had. I want to have my own experiences. That's, that's, I like going in dark for the most part, dark, maybe a little bit of history. Um, maybe history as in like stuff that's happened there. As far as names, I don't want to know any names mm -hmm. um, because I want to get those names for myself and have that experience for myself. Right. Well, one of the things that me and uh, Melinda do is she's the psychic medium and I'm the historian. So I do, all the research. When I mean all the research, I do an an extensive background and who was there, what happened, so I know where to set some of the cameras up when we do it. She goes in completely blind, so when she starts relaying to me what she's hearing or what she's seeing, I can prompt her to ask maybe specific questions to get a little bit more action out of it. But it's like mm -hmm. a half half, you know. So I know what I'm looking for, but she doesn't. So not only that, that also proves more to the point when we get, when we record it, that I knew and she didn't, you know, and it makes this dynamic that's a little bit different. So I believe it is important, but at the same time, it's not, you know, for those genuine experiences. I think that both sides have a tremendously valid point on what they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all Absolutely. about preference, you know, but I, I like history anyway. It's like one of my biggest things. It's just, it's to me that if well, my true belief is if you know the past, you can almost tell what's going to happen in the future because history is a pattern of repeating yeah. and repeating and repeating. Just the players change, you know. So mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's incredible. 
Mm-hmm. What were you saying, Lisa? You were saying something? No. Uh-uh. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so, you know, I think that there's like this this dynamic with a team. And I see that you guys have, you know, amazing rapport with each other. What do you say are your strong points as a team and the dynamic that you have? Um, I, I'm new to the group, but I was just telling Sam the last investigation that we had that I love to see Phil and Sean at work. I love to listen to their investigative questions. Um, they, I love what they do and I love the way they do it. Um, and the respect that they give the other side is tremendous. Um, And I just love that. I just love that. I, I think, in my opinion, our strong point is definitely our, I, I believe we have a a very unique uh, connection to to the spirits that we communicate. And I think we have a very, um, um, I'm trying to think of the word I want to use. It, it's, it's the connection. But I think we have a, I wouldn't call it you. I wouldn't call it a unique way of of, of um, communicating. I just think we have a good system. Um, I think we know we treat the spirits like we would talk to anybody else. We don't. We, there's questions. There's certain questions we don't that we don't go into investigation. How'd you die? Uh, when did you die? Uh, you know. Uh, you know. Um, and stuff like that. You know, the last thing I would want to talk about is my death. Uh, I would, I would, I think we have a unique, like, I think our strong point is definitely our ability to um, connect with the spirits. And I think that's why we catch so many EVPs. And and I, I've, I've heard people, you know, I've, I've, I've seen people over and over again saying, oh man, we went to this location, didn't catch anything. Oh, we went to this location, didn't catch anything. Uh, and how long did you stand there? All night long. I'm going, Okay, we went to this location. I just put these three class A EVPs out there. I mean, not, I'm not saying that you know that they don't know what they're doing. I just think their their approach might be wrong. I think their connection, their intent, like you mentioned, uh, uh, Rob, their intent going into these locations may not be their energy might not be meshing with the spirits around them. Um, and I think it's wrong that people go into these locations. And come out and say, "All oh, that that location is not haunted." I think they're just stealing your money. Uh, and I, I know one location that um, right now that people are that have said that about, and it angers me because not only does it is it unfair to the to the spirits, it's also unfair to the to the owners of the location as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I know it's haunted. I know it's very active because it's one of my most active locations. We the Griffin Blind Tiger. I'll say it out loud. Um, it's it's an amazing location, and to hear people, you know, criticize um, the people that own the building or whoever the location itself, it angers me because I know it's not true. Um, it's a very. I think they just go in there and they just they're just not connecting with the spirits, and I think that's what our strong point is. I think we have a very good uh, rapport with the with our with connecting with the spirits. The questions we asked. Uh, how we conduct ourselves, um, 
our our uh, our uh, kindness to the spirits, um, our kindness to the locations, our respect to the locations. Um, yeah, I think that's probably my opinion. That's our strong point, and I think it goes a long way into um, coming out with great evidence. I mean. I, I'm not going. Why 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 uh, fix stuff? Why fix something that's not broken? That's the way I look at it when it comes to our team uh, exactly. and how we do exactly. and how we and how we do things. I I like the fact that you said you don't go and tell the spirit. You know, when did you die? When didn't you die? That spirit might not know that it's dead. And and that's too, a yeah, startling yeah. thing. And then yeah. again, it goes back to being safe. This could turn a situation, and you could agitate that spirit or make it upset. And it turns a good situation right back into a bad situation. So being on eggshells with those kinds of conversations, I think, is huge, huge. Sam yes. and Sean, how about you guys? I think Phil pretty much nailed it. I think when we go into a location, we treat it with total respect. Like somebody's coming into our house. We want them to show us respect. And that's how we do it. Because it's, it's not our house we're going into. It's theirs. They might not be living, but it's still their house. That we go in, treat them with total respect. We don't raise our voice. We don't cuss them. If you don't want to talk to us, that's fine. You know, we we move on. But we would never go into a location and like Ghost Adventures, scream and holler and all, and all that. Yeah. So I think that's the reason why we catch so much EVPs because we we're sitting down talking to them. Offering toys and different kids and stuff like that. Well, I agree with that. You know, it brings you back to the old saying of do unto others as you want done to yourself, even yes. if it's the ether real. You know, I want to add, I, yeah, I want to add to something before, before I forget it, before I lose my train of thought. I want to add to something. Um, when it comes to um, these certain locations where people um, criticize and say they're not haunted, when I've had. When every time we've been down there, it's been just like balls to the wall active. And I'm gonna tell you one thing that irks me more than anything in the field. Well, not more than anything. I, I, well, well, it's getting up there, and it's getting up there because I'm hearing more about it every day. Is people out there spending time investigating these locations, but not going through their their evidence? I don't understand how somebody can investigate so so much, going and 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 not go through their evidence and, and admittingly not going through their evidence. Uh, I just don't understand how you could do that. I don't understand how you expect to. What's the point? At that what's point? the point? I, I don't yeah. see the point. I mean, I don't see the point. And um, it just, it, it, it's beginning to get to a point to where whispering, whispering during EV, EVP sessions drives me bonkers too. But the one that gets me more, I think the one that's actually starting to overtake that is people claiming to not go through their evidence. I just don't see the point investigating. If you're not going to go through your evidence, you know, I don't see the point in investigating. You're spending all this time, all this effort to just get stuff and just put it on a recorder and not do anything about it. It's almost Why? like they're doing it Why? just to say they did it. And that yeah. is not what, it, it. that literally takes away from the core of, what you're trying to do so therefore you can say all day long that you approach a situation properly but by taking that mentality and not wanting to review that evidence you're actually doing a disservice to the people who did it before you the people who are going to do it after you 
this, the uh, entities within the house and the house air location itself. You literally have screwed the pooch on every facet of what you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. that makes no sense to me. That makes I, no sense. I don't understand it. I, I just can't get my head around it. For example, well, they then... lose their they lose their voice. The spirit loses their voice if you can't. Um, I I I love coming back and just listening to see what I capture. Um, yeah. You're hearing the other side. Who doesn't want to hear that? You know exactly, exactly. And, and I think that's another reason why people claim that these locations aren't aren't haunted, because they're going in there, they're going into this lo- they're going into this location, and they're sitting in the dark for six seven hours, and they're they're not hearing anything. So it's like, oh well. It's not haunted, you know. We're we're not hearing you know chains rattling and plates flying off the wall and you know massive bangs and knocks. So uh, you know this place is not haunted. You know what's the use of going through evidence when you know when you know we're not experiencing nothing with, with you know with what our ears can hear and our eyes can see. And well, I think we proved that wrong at the Bristol Opera House this weekend, which we knew was already haunted, but it was a very quiet night and. Uh, until we went through the well, with the exception of the uh, the uh, the closet, the uh, the costume closet, but um, but it was a very quiet night. Otherwise, until we went through the video uh, to the audio evidence, and the first three EVPs that we captured were clear as day, class A EVPs. I'm talking about. You don't need headphones to listen to them, and that's why I say that's why I say just because you're not seeing it, just because you're not um, hearing it at the time. Doesn't mean it wasn't an active night, which is why you should go through your evidence. I mm-hmm. don't, I can't, I can't stress it enough. I can't stress mm-hmm. it enough. I just, it, it annoys me. It really bothers me. And if I'm, if I'm coming across, if you guys are out there listening, if I come across as arrogant or uh, dickheadish, um, I'm not. I'm a very nice guy, but there's certain things that just get that just annoys me. And I, that's I, that's I think that's one of them. Percent right. And that's one of them. Who thinks that? Then you're not doing. You know, I don't understand what you're thinking if that's the case. Yeah. And you know, I think that this is me. Uh, assuming real quick. I mean, like I said yeah. before, I make an ass out of myself and whoever I'm talking about. But what these people are doing by not checking this evidence is they're literally putting themselves to the point where it's like, I'm a paranormal investigator. See, I've been here. I've been here and I've been here. So how how stupid are you if you're not going to look at the stuff to say, well, here we found this. They're just, they just want to do it so they can be a part of or say that they've done. That, that to me, that doesn't make any sense. And I firmly, be, uh, truly believe that every place that you go, if you have the ability to, and that's what I stress, that's the caveat, if you have the ability to, go more than once. Go more than once. Go back three, four times if you can. If you can't, you deal with what you got from that evening and then you move on. Yes. But the places you can do that because there are nights – that are quiet just because it's a quiet night doesn't give you any right to go back and say, well, I didn't, you can say it was a quiet night. We didn't find anything. You made an observation. That's good. But don't go back and say, you know what? This place isn't what people said it was. That's not for you to say unless you've been there multiple times and you can confirm that by going there five, six, seven, eight times. I would say if you haven't been there at least 10 times, you can't say that about anything. Really, because who knows what you're going to find on any given night, you know. Well, I think the spirit. I think the spirit also. I think the spirits of a location also have to warm up to you. You know, it's just like it's it's just like any it's just like a real world event, a real world uh, uh, meet up with somebody. You know, you you meet you, you go to a party and you meet people, 
And, you know, it, it might take a couple, you know, yeah, you're, you're talking a little bit, you know, but it's that, that connection's not there. Then the more you get around these people, the more comfortable they get and the more, you know, there's more, the more communicative toward each other, you know, that you become. So yeah, it, it could right. be the same concept. And you know what? We were talking about equipment before, and it's funny because one of the things I think that they're doing now is they're improving equipment. Because what people were doing before is, like you said, they're taking a broken radio. They're using equipment that's not meant for what they're using it for and trying to provide evidence of something broken. You know what I mean? It's a broken system like that. And I think one of the things that they're doing now, which I truly enjoy is watching how they're trying to put – they're getting scientists out of the lab and, and come to these spots and locations using their knowledge of, I guess, you know, not pseudoscience, but science that's that could be anything, chemistry, uh, physics, kinetics, all that. But they're using their ability to give a voice and maintaining and, and basically inventing equipment that's being used properly – for what they want their intent is the same as what the uh, machine is trying to accomplish and i think that that is going to it's going to usher in this error of where science and a paranormal investigation almost become like in an alliance with each other to go mm -hmm. to this point and prove this stuff i mean have you guys have any thoughts on that at all oh yeah and i, I i'm gonna throw one name out there right now and I think you guys better pay attention, Brandon Alvis. I said it the other. I said it two weeks ago. I'm gonna tell you I, what. I did a he, show just about science and Brandon Alvis and what he was doing. To right now, he's he's he is the person that I look up to more in the field than anybody right now. Um, I would I would never be able to. I would never. I, we would never as a team be able to uh, um, have access to the equipment that he has access to. So we got to live vicariously through him um but brandon alvis man i'll tell you what he he's somebody that's gonna make some waves in the future and um and it sucks that ghost ghost hunters you know fell through the waist of the new one but i think it's it's good for him um in a sense that he gets to do his thing now and i'm i'm definitely keeping an eye on him um i talked to him you know chat with him while you know on his page quite a bit um He's hard. He's he he can come across as uh, very um, uh, and I hate to say arrogant because he's not arrogant. He's not. He's he just he he's just very scientifically scientifically based when it comes to the paranormal. And um, he I, I look up to him. He's the one right now that I'm keeping my eyes on um, when it comes to the future of the of the future of investigating. That's that's who, um, yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. I, I Brandon Alvis is awesome. I agree with you 100. percent And he's making it, to, he's building that bridge between yes. the science and the investigating. And there's yes. such an importance to that. And I did a show, I think it was three weeks ago. I said two, but it's three weeks ago on the science of the paranormal. And because of him, I almost have a different outlook on how to go about an investigation. And it, it, it it's 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 amazing. It's amazing because I love I love the facet of science itself. When I was in high school, I'll tell you, I would have failed at a science in a minute. 
But <laughs> now that we can relate it to something that I'm passionate about, I think that it really does a lot. And they're also tailor making this equipment that is going to project and propel this community into the light out of the dark ages of what paranormal investigation was. And I think that it's super important. But Lisa, go ahead. Tell us your thoughts on that. Um, oh, gosh. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay. Sean and Sam, how about Sean? you guys? Do you have any thoughts on it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I always like the way, I mean, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Porger was actually pretty good with the wraith, wraith chasers, and, you know, I like him an awful lot, so just the way he did things and, you know, spoke about things, and so... I, I like that too, and it's not just it's yeah. not just him trying to pioneer this front. There are multiple people too. We give right. him the, the the big ups because he's putting a lot more out there than some other people. But now, I want I want I want I want to add something to what you said, Rob, about how Brandon Alvis makes you want to uh, makes you want to do go about things different. It was almost at first it was almost the opposite for me. It made me want to just hang everything up and just forget. It made me want to hang everything up and just throw my part, throw my equipment in the box and just quit. Because I feel like that at first I felt like that no matter what I did, it, like it was gonna be scrutinized because of the of, of looking at it from a scientific point of view, I feel like everything I did was just like, oh my God, it's totally subjective. But you know, so at first it had that effect on me where I just wanted to just forget it and just throw everything in the box and just quit. But then as I, I looked at it and I'm going, no man, no man. Hey, keep doing what you're doing, man. Just just be yourself, but be very picky and be very uh, uh, critical of what you put out there. Uh, and be as honest as you can, and it'll all catch up. And we'll live vicar- I'm gonna live vicariously through uh, Brandon because I can't have ac- I don't have access to that that awesome equipment. You know the uh, what's that camera? The uh, the proton camera? The um, yep. Yep, that's the one. I you know, forget the actual name of it, but that's that's. I think that's going to be his biggest hit on yeah. catching stuff. I mean, because so. they see that's what we were talking about before was the um, the ability to like basically see the energy, you know, yeah. and not and not have it. And it can be. And this is the other thing: it can be super overwhelming at first because there's concepts of science that he's using that you may not be accustomed to. But just because he's doing it like that doesn't mean that everybody has to either. You can start by sprinkling in a little bit of science and not going full bore into it. And that's one of the things that I think is important as well. As we tell people about what we do, that you you take little seeds from everybody and you yes. tailor and make your investigation to you, what you first you figure out your strengths and you're your, your something that's maybe not so strong. in, And then you take your investigation and you tailor it specifically to the people in your team, to your skill sets. Therefore, you're not doing things that are asinine or redundant because you're not so, you know, you're not versed in it yet. But that doesn't mean yeah. you shouldn't try it at least a couple of times and get your feet wet in it. You I know, agree. Every, practice makes perfect. So the more you tailor and make your investigation, and then every so often you go out, you try one thing new and you try it once, twice. After that, you go back to the regular stuff that you know and that you're tried and true in. Eventually down the line, 
you'll be able to incorporate that more and more as it gets further down the road. And then everybody will come be, will come to a different path. And, you know, it comes to this crossroad. I believe he was at this crossroad with ghost hunters being done. He said, what can I do? To, and I'm not speaking for him at all. But from what I yeah. see, it's my observation. He got to this crossroad where he said, what can I do to further this even more? And I think that he took the proper avenue for his interest and for what he's going to do for the community at large. And it's going to be an epic journey just to even be a, watching it and being alive during this time while he's figuring this out is a gift to me. I agree 100%. Everything you just said, I agree 100%. Um, and I think me and Sean's actually talked about that before too, about things during investigations. I think I talked about it earlier too, where you, you, you focus too much on something and, and, and you're, it's, you, if you focus too much, you don't get the experience. You, you're pushing buttons and twisting knobs and, all that stuff like that, and 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 you and you try to like do so much, it just gets overwhelming, and um, and then you try it for a little bit, and you know come back to it, and go back do what you do what you know, and then you know come back a little bit later, sprinkle a little bit of this and that, this and that, and and then it, just like you said, Taylor, make it to you who you are as a team. That's and, and it's that it's comfortable, you know, just because it's simple doesn't mean you're not, you know, just because it's simple doesn't mean you're not going to get results, and. Um, I think we've proven that quite a few times. Well, I agree. Well, I think equipment will get better. I think as uh, time goes on, too, with technology, you think of the black and white television, you know, that you had to sit there and crank the channel. And then you got the remote (laughs) control and the channel would turn as you press the button and look at the TVs we have now. I think that's it's going to evolve. Over over the next you know ten years, I I and I don't know really where it's going to go, but with science and technology, this these days, you know, it, equipment could be a, amazing in another ten years. You know, I agree. That's just right. I can only imagine where it's going to be ten years from now. Think about where it was ten years ago, and where we are now. Yeah. Now think about how much advancing now that that it's become. It's come from the shadows a lot, and now we are in the forefront of what we're doing. And to think about what the next ten years are going to be, it's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. IT, ITC is just ITC is just like it, it's just where that's going is just very exciting. Um, with KD Stafford, what he's doing, you know, and Jay Prather and all those guys over there doing what they're doing with the ITC stuff, it's just it's it's amazing. And they're so creative, you know. And, um, yeah, really cool people, really cool stuff going on. Absolutely. So uh, here, we're getting closer to the end. What of do you the, of think of Bill Chappell's equipment? I guess I've never even asked Bill, like, what, what do you guys feel of that? I, 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 I think Bill Chappell's cool. Adventures in the equipment. I'm a big fan of Gary Gaka. I'm a big fan of Gary Gaka's stuff. I think he's. I, I think I am as well. I think I, I'm yeah. right along the same lines as you. I think. Uh, but, I, I think. Gary Prather, Stafford. Jay Prather, and and Jay Prather and uh, Katie Stafford. That's some really cool stuff too. And uh, but yeah, I, I like Gar- I like Gary Gaka. Um, he's the one that created the uh, the SP11, SP7, the millimeters, and all that stuff. Um, I think it but, all uh, has its place, and I think it all it's all helping. Everybody's equipment that they're coming up with and making new things. I think it's all helping. I think, you know, even if not for the for the aspect of trial and error, what mm-hmm. works, what doesn't work, everybody brings this this 
just like I said, a different dynamic to to the game, and it's really it's really important to look at the dynamics because you like you could switch things just so slightly and tweak it, and then it becomes your own, and now you're infecting the dynamic of the whole thing. And mm-hmm. I think that it's really important that we talk about those things and we communicate with each other, which is some of the things that you know. Para unity to me is not just a phrase; it's 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 not even a movement. It's a way of life that you should live with everything. You know, you should always find those common grounds of being able to speak these things because the more people we get to talk about it, the more dots we put out there. The more dots mm-hmm. that are out there, the easier things will be to connect down the road. Yes, you know, I everybody agree. has a piece of the information. It's all about getting those pieces to either come together or to come from the background to the foreground. And then those, like, my dots might help connect your dots, and then your our dots together might help their dots. It's a it's a community, and it has to it has to remain a community feeling, a community aspect. This has to be like the '90s in a small suburban town. That's what this has to be like. You know yeah. who your neighbors are. You're at least cordial and polite with them, and we all gossip about what everybody else is doing. And you know, it's not in a bad way, but it's in a way that we can connect each other's dots. Mm-hmm. So the next question I have for you guys is, now that we're getting to the end, what's the next steps for you guys? What's, for this team, where are we going next? What is the next thing on, on the plate? Where are, we, where are you going to find yourself in a month's time, a year's time from now? I mean, uh, I think Phil has done so much research, and he's taking us to places that I thought we would never go to, that I just – in my imaginations and in, in just reading, I, and now I, I, he's taking me to some of those places. And I just think, um, you know, with Phil leading and opening the door to all these places, um, I think we'll be able to grow as a team. I really do. I really do. Uh, where do I, I mean, I'm hoping that, we can, you know what? I I I, I want to say, where where we going to be in the next three years? Um, hopefully we're still together. Um, I don't have no plans otherwise. I I, I don't see that. Yeah, I don't see us breaking up or nothing like that. So I'm very happy with the way things are going. Um, I I, I think I've, I there's an excite for some reason. I don't know what what makes this year. I don't know if it's because of COVID you know, last year, you know, and, and stuff like that that kind of, you know, kind of held everybody down. But I have a very, like a like a, a different excitement about this coming year. I, I am just like, I, I'm just stoked to get out and just investigate, like, more and more. I, 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 I just hope we could um, continue to um, just continue doing what we're doing. Um and grow as a team uh, and, and go to new locations and, and experience, have new experiences together. But I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about what we, what we, what we're going to do in the future. Um, I think we're, we're doing a lot. To, uh, we, we, we mesh well together. Um, me and Sean, you, we split up in teams usually in Sean. It's usually me and Sean and Samantha and Lisa. And I think we all work very well together. And um, I just hope that we can continue to build 
you know, building each other. And, and the more we work, you know, the more we work with each other, the, the even the more we're going to be able to do, you know, as a, as a team. And, um, as far I, I want to be, I, I want to, I just want to go to new, I just want to keep going to lo- new locations, um, try to get more evidence and, you know, and, and just keep doing what we're doing. Um, I don't want to have too high expectations because, um, you know, I just, uh, well, that's okay, I just feel, that's okay. I just, I, I just, I just, I just, I just, I'm just very happy with what, what's going with, with how we're doing things right now. Well, that's um, it. You, re- you reach for the stars and hopefully you land in a cloud. You know what I mean? That's how yes, it works. Yes, that's yes. how it works. And I, I think that you're right. I think that this year that had just passed has given everybody the ability to self-reflect on what they need to work on as a person and also where to take some of their crafts because you had all the time in the world. We all did. You know, this podcast came from my time at home. I quit my nine to five or I quit. I got laid off, but now I haven't gone back to that nine to five because I aspired to be syndicated on AM radio my whole life, you know, listening to coast to coast and things like that. Me too. So <laughs> I went and bought the equipment. I, you know, I upgraded recently, spent probably more than I should have because I don't have a lot of money right now, but because I'm not working at nine to five, just to be honest about it. But, you know, I, I got into some networks and now I'm making my own network. It's all a journey. And this moment, this pause that we had gave us this ability to just stop. Where am I going next? What needs to happen next? And is that feasible within the time that I have? And then everybody just went and took their, took, you know, life by the reins and just drove it as far as they could. I truly think that this reset was an amazing experience. Maybe not for some. Some had a difficult time, and I'm sorry that 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 happened. But there are also some people who benefited from that time as well, whether it be to spend more time with their family, redirect their energy, and find different ideas, or find new things for themselves to do, find new passions that maybe they didn't know that they had. And, you know, I hope that everybody can at least see some silver linings with this time that we had. So I think that maybe that has helped some people. Some people, of course, we know it did not, and it was a bad situation. You know, I, and I try and look at the positive as opposed to the negative. But, you know. Yeah, yeah I just, I I like just have a... To reset, to reset. That, yeah, that, yes. I really like that, what you said about it's just a reset. Yeah. I just, I just feel an excitement. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I just feel a different excitement than than I did last year. Maybe it was because of COVID, and you know, you know, we were it was new to us. It was um, we didn't know what was going to happen, and we still don't know how it's going to all play out. But still, um, I just feel like I, I just feel excited. I just I just I just have like a a reset, a, a just a, a a burst of like I'm ready to get out and just do it and. Um, I can't wait to I can't wait to go to Kosciuszko County Jail next month. I'm excited. I can't wait to do uh, to get back down there again and and take you know another round at, at the jail. Uh, we've had a lot of experiences there, and uh, we will keep building on it. I know Sean's ready. I know Lisa's ready. <laughs> I'm anxious to get back. Yeah, I had hip replacement and open heart surgery, so medically I'm. I'm bionic now, so I'm good to go. No, no more time off for me. You got, you got anything you want to add, Sean? 
I think you pretty much cleared it all up. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to like, but I didn't mean like cut in and like. But yeah, I'm just excited um, to get you know to keep this thing going and uh, build on what we've already built. So yeah, you got a good lineup for us, Phil. A great yeah, we have for us. We, we have Kaziasco we have Kaziasco coming up next month. We have uh, nothing nothing yet in uh well actually we are I, I, yeah, I guess we do have something in, in, in uh March. Um I'll have to talk with you guys about that later. But then April's and obviously in uh Monroe House in April. Uh May I'm still working on uh June um then we have you know we, we'll be going to uh randolph county asylum in july so i'm pretty excited about that and uh so yeah we got some cool stuff coming up so awesome and we got awesome. And we got we got to fit eden springs in there we got to fit uh uh van buren county poorhouse yeah so excellent stuff guys i i just want to say that, that it was an honor and a privilege to talk to you guys this evening I had such a great time. I think this is a real powerhouse episode. We talked about a lot of really awesome stuff and really touched in some deep conversation, and I love those to death. You guys are amazing. I can't wait to see what's next for you guys and looking forward to what you guys are going to be doing. And I want to thank you sincerely for coming on. Um, thank you, Rob. Thanks for, thanks for having us. Whenever you want. Any one of you want to come back at any time, just let me know. I'll shoot you the link, and we can do this all over again. You just oh, let us know. You. you just thank let you, us know. Rob. We'll be on, buddy. We we had a blast, man. Thank you for having us on, man. Awesome. Sorry for awesome. my slow start. <laughs> no worries at all. That's technology. No worries. It happens. Listen, live shows. You know how many times I crapped out while we were sitting here, and you guys just didn't even realize it that I just stayed stuck for a moment. <laughs> Probably about seven times. But that's okay. It happens. It's live shows. This is what happens. But I'm going to give you guys. I'm going to say thank you to everybody that came tonight. My name is Rob Yox. I am the ultimate outsider, the Saturday Night Savage. Thank you for coming into Full Spectrum Universe. I'm going to give you guys the floor to say goodbye, and then we'll cut transmission. Thank you all for showing up. I appreciate every one of you. Please share this out. Uh, go to our uh, YouTube channel and please subscribe. We also have a Rumble and a BitChute channel just in case. Sometimes on the other shows we talk about some controversial stuff. We never know about deplatforming and things like that. We're all aware of it. But uh, thank you all for coming and enjoying the show. But I'm going to leave it to you guys to say goodbye. And go ahead. Thanks, Rob. Hey, Rob, I think we appreciate you uh, having us on. Uh, it was an honor. It was a thrill. We had so much fun. I'm glad we had everybody on, you know, as a team. Um, this is the first time we've actually had all four people on together. So, yeah. um, you know, for one reason or another, uh, technical issues or whatever. But Lisa... Welcome back. I'm glad you're back. Thank you. Sean, Sam, thanks for being who you are. <laughs> I've enjoyed this ride and I will continue and I uh, I continue I want to continue enjoying this ride. I appreciate you guys. Uh, you guys are just not not only teammates but your friends and uh I I I'm I'm just I'm just excited for the future. Awesome. Thanks awesome. thanks Thank for you. tuning in everybody. Awesome. Yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in. Megan, Julie, everybody. Are you media networks? Thank you. Yeah, you guys are all awesome. So we'll see you guys next Saturday from 8 to 10 p.m. I want to thank you for joining. Uh, keep an eye out for Full Spectrum News, something that we're launching, and the Seer and the Scholar on Monday nights from 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Everybody have a great night. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. 
Don't work too hard, and we'll see you on the next round.